0: All right, let's see how this does. Ready? Good. All right. Usually you say ready, don't you? Uh, It's all right. It's all right. What's up, guys and gals? On this podcast, we will seek to examine the stories, the history, the technology, and the ideas that define mankind. We hope that you will join us on this journey as we quest for what makes us human. What is going on, Jr.
1: Oh, not much. Uh, I was supposed to have to work like 16 hours today, and it got cut to like six, so that's that's pretty good. Oh. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, since you didn't get stuck at work, uh, we thought we weren't going to be able to record today, but here we are, so we're ready to go, and what are we talking about on episode 16? 17. Seven? Oh, that's right. Because you last sang week, last week. I sang 16 Candles. Yep. Episode 17, I don't know uh, any song about being 17. So today, what are we talking about? I believe The Mothman. The Mothman. I picked this one. So I think I'm picking the cryptic, weird, ghost hunter kind of...
1: I am, aren't I? All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested in this. I, I, I maybe have a vague uh, recollection that, that I should know something about this, or I've heard something about this, but right off the top of my head, I, I don't think I know anything about the subject, so I'm, I'm quite interested.
0: You should be. This is a good one. All right. Um, all right, so let me start with a question. Have you ever seen something that you weren't... Well, I was going to say supposed to see, but that sounds like you peeked in a hospital room and saw something you weren't <laughs> supposed to see. Have you ever seen something that didn't belong? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so have you ever seen something that didn't belong? Like on a old country road or dark and stormy night or a dank wet basement
1: interesting nothing that immediately comes to mind like I'm sure I'm sure there's probably something but nothing that immediately pops to mind okay. what about you
0: well so alright I'm gonna give a huge shout out to my buddies uh, Brian and Brad right here because they were pretty much there for this but uh we went on a. Uh, this makes me sound like a horrible husband and a worse father, but that being said, um, Aubrey's 19 now, but when she was an infant, um, I get this call one Saturday or Friday, and I think it was a Friday night, and it was like, hey man, you wanna go see something really creepy? And I was like, well, heck yeah, you know, and, and of course I asked Carrie, can I go see something really creepy, honey? She says, yeah, whatever. You know, So uh, we get in the car, and they come pick me up. We get in the car. I leave my baby daughter and wife behind, and we go way out into the country north of here, uh, off of I-77, and into the, past this little town. We turn down these country roads, and pretty soon we're on a gravel road. Okay. And then we're parked in the woods, basically staring at this old rundown church, And evidently, this guy that these guys used to hang out with had told... I think he got kind of into some stuff he shouldn't have. But anyway, uh, he had told them that at midnight, this girl is supposed to walk out of this old dilapidated half-a-roof church. Well, I was all up for that. You know what I mean? So this is before this is before the real digital age hit so we kind of have our cameras you know we're video camera you know all this stuff ready to go sure but check in your batteries it's 1150 you know and um, we're quiet as church mice I'm scared to death and this is one of those things where there's nothing to be afraid of you're creating your own environment here You're making this frightful.
1: Yeah, you and your buddies are kind of feeding off each other. Oh, big time. It's a
0: fear buffet. Yeah. You know? And um, right about time this little chica is supposed to come, ghost walking out of this run-down church. A deer jumps out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) And that five-speed jeep tore out of there like a bat out of the seventh level of hell. All right. We had a time. You know what I mean? (laughs) It wasn't supernatural. It was just natural yeah so uh, yeah so I did a lot of study for this I've, I've, I've been into the Mothman just you know I've seen the movie but it's been a long time since I've seen the movie uh, so that didn't really play a role in my study here um, but I knew about it I know a lot of guys from West Virginia through my job um, <laughs> I got a lot of West Virginians that used to work with even more of them uh, and they have told me about Point Pleasant and different stuff But, uh, yeah, this whole thing is going to be about, I guess, fear and premonition. Okay. So I I was getting into this pretty big this week, obviously, for the podcast. And last night, I looked at the wife. It was about 9.15. And I said, what time does that chicken restaurant that we love to frequent close? And she said, 10 o'clock. And she said, you want me to order you online a Cobb salad? And I said, yes, I do because I love their Cobb salad. So she got one too and of course then the kids chimed in for a late supper and uh, she said, well text me what space you get. This is so cool that you can yeah. pull in and just, you know, I text her what space I've pulled into. She's already ordered and they bring me the food. Yeah. Well I'm on my way to the chicken restaurant I'm driving down a country road near our house and the biggest bag I have ever seen if I'd have been on a motorcycle I'd have died hits this biggest bat I've ever seen in my life hits my windshield I mean just going away I've never and it made the loudest noise and here I am studying this Mothman thing I, oh my gosh I about wrecked the car
1: bust your windshield no
0: but I completely forgot that I was listening to Pound Cake by Van Halen <laughs> when it happened <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so, uh, very frightening Um, but anyway all right so you ready to get into this sure all right we're gonna go to England first okay let's set some stage here so Kathleen Lorna Middleton lived at 69 Carlton Terrace in northern London in a suburb uh, just outside of Edmonton in northern London she taught piano and ballet and she was one of those folks that everybody in her town knew you know your mom had taken ballet from her and piano and then the daughter learned and all this and that and um, her students were called the Mary Carlton's okay <laughs> so I hope they were all girls you know what I mean it's, it's, I don't know if she had a bunch of boys or not but anyhow Middleton was a little different she had what some called a gift um, and the only way I, I know to sum this up I found this article in the New York Times about her um, I'm not a big reader of the New York Times, but it sent me here when I was doing some study for this. Uh, The only word I could come up with with this is premonitions that she was having, most of her life she would have premonitions of events. So when when she was seven years old, now this is really weird. And when you walked in tonight, the first thing I told you while I was doing some more study was, dude, mankind is really strange. That's
1: true. Weird, you know?
0: So this is, you're going to hear some weird stuff here. And here's the first weird thing. When she was seven years old, her mother was making eggs, or cooking. She wasn't making eggs. She was cooking the eggs. And Middleton watched, along with her mother, as one of the eggs rose from the frying pan and held itself in the air for a few seconds and then went back. You're giving me a craziest look. And then it went back down into the pan. I would have turned the stove off and called our favorite realtor immediately. You know what I'm saying? Before all the chairs stacked themselves like in Poltergeist.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: So they watched this egg float into the (laughs) air. Your face is killing me. Float into the air and then back down. Her mother was extremely concerned. Now, if if I saw this and I was extremely concerned, I would probably choose a different route than what her mother did. But her mother sought out the local fortune teller
1: okay okay and wasn't sure if you're gonna go this route or you know called the priest to come do an exorcism right yeah. yeah
0: right a priest to do an exorcism on the refrigerator <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so her mother called the local fortune teller and the local fortune teller can you guess what he said your house is haunted no so the local well it may be kind of given The local fortune teller said that a rising... Okay, now that I'm actually saying this, it's getting worse. That a rising egg into the air... I can't keep a straight face. um, Is a premonition of a death. Okay. (laughs) I thought this was creepy, and now that I'm saying it, it borders on the ridiculous. But, you know, this whole thing is going to be about how people experience a horrifying... Terrible hair stand on the back of your neck and all over your arms experience, and then they're afraid to share because once your tongue and teeth get involved, it becomes, it borders on the ridiculous, you know? But once someone's experienced something, you can't unconvince them of it. Sure. And if I saw what was in my frying pan rise into the air and then back down, I would be deeply disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. I would, so I'd be very frightened. And I'd also be afraid to call my pastor or you and be like, hey, dude, the bacon and eggs is like haunted. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we need got, got, yeah. Julia Child to do an exorcism. So, <laughs> all right. I did not know that I would do that during the podcast. <laughs> all right, so he says that a rising egg into the air is a portent, is that a word, of death. Okay. Well, one of her mother's friends not long after that got married wonderful event in life and just like the week she got married uh, this lady died tragically and suddenly unexpectedly um, and she was buried in her wedding dress and of course evidently the family then began to look at kathleen the daughter as well how did you predict this now did the two necessarily tie Uh, you
1: know yeah it seems like quite a stretch from something Something that I guess the daughter and the mother both witnessed. You said, "Yeah." To the daughter, predicted this person's going to die. Like that, that's right. that's a good, good bit of a stretch. Even even with what the fortune teller said, that's yeah. still still a pretty good stretch.
0: All right, now let's lessen the stretch. Okay. Ready for a less stretch? Here we sure. go. At four a.m. on October twenty-first, nineteen sixty-six, Middleton is fifty-two years old. At this point, she's an older lady. All right? So the egg is long in the past. Um, So at 4 a.m., October 21st, 1966, Kathleen Middleton awakes, choking, grabbing her neck, gasping for air, and she said the walls were closing in on her very quickly. By 8 a.m., the feeling had gone with a cup of Hulk tea. The feeling had gone away. Um, But by 8 a.m. on that same morning, something horrible had happened and she ties the two together and so do her friends. In South Wales at 8am in the village of Aberfan, laborers were trying to figure out what to do with a huge pile of coal waste that had shifted due to heavy rains. Anybody from England knows all about this. Um, Laborers were on their coffee break at 8am when this huge pile of coal slurry began to slide down the mountain into the village of Aberfan below. 150,000 tons of coal slurry descended upon the town, and the first thing, I guess, that it hit was Pentglass Junior School. 144 people died, and 116 of them were children in that school, when they all died instantly under 30 feet of coal slurry. And she says that she had a It's not a vision, but an experience right before this event happened. Okay. Some of the grieving families spoke of portents or dreams that they'd had in the preceding weeks um, of some sort of impending doom coming upon them, their family, or the town. Eight-year-old Paul Davies had drawn a picture of people digging into a large black hill with the caption, The End, at the bottom of the picture. Um, the day before he died in the school
1: that's creepy to me that's more interesting than her having some kind of night terror and then equating it to something that happened in another part of the country that yeah. she really had no tie to correct yeah okay yeah yeah to me what the kid did was far more creepy if that's real yeah. was far more creepy than her experience but okay
0: yeah, it's weird how you wouldn't be able to unconvince her, but for us, it's like mm,
1: Paul Davies is way more weird. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, she had she had a night terror and something terrible happened in another part of the country, sort of um, that wasn't tied to her. Like the odds of those two events happening the same day are, you know, much better than. An eight-year-old drawing that picture the day before he dies that way yeah all right now let's shift gears
0: a little bit here to the Americas have you ever heard of the name Rouge I've not evidently it's French for red dwarf and if it's not that's what I found you can email us we'd love to hear from you all right but uh, name Rouge evidently is French for red dwarf he first appears in the legends of Detroit published in 1883 all right and this is what uh, we get out of that account on March 10th 1701 in st. Louis Quebec a party was being held in honor of Antoine de la Moff that's weird (laughs) M-O-T-H-E it's just a coincidence Uh, a party was being held in honor of Antoine de la Moff or Molte Cadillac the founder of Detroit as the night went on a fortune teller complete with a black cat perched on her shoulder that's convenient came to the home They let her in and she began to read palms. The men were amazed at her ability and she finally wandered over to Cadillac. She gazed into his palm and told him how he was going to start a great city. Cadillac urged her to continue, but the future became very grim. The fortune teller told him, in years to come, your colony will be the scene of strife and bloodshed. The Indians will be treacherous. The hated English will struggle for its possession, but under a new flag it will reach a height of prosperity which you never in your wildest dreams pictured. Cadillac continued to press the woman for more answers, asking if his children would inherit from him. The teller told him, Your future and theirs lie in your own hands. Beware of undue ambition. It will mar all your plans. Appease the name Rouge. Beware of offending him. Should you be thus unfortunate, not a vestige of your inheritance will be given to your heirs. All right, so that's the first appearance of the name Rouge. And we are getting to the Mothman, I promise. But, uh, of course, what ends up happening with Cadillac is years later, he's walking around with his wife around the city, and he sees the name Rouge, this red dwarf-like man, dressed all in red. And the man attacks him and his wife, and he takes his cane and beats the man off. And the dwarf runs away, laughing. Later, uh, Cadillac is imprisoned, he didn't do anything wrong, basically. And yet, he was imprisoned, And he ended up losing all of his land, all of his possessions. And
1: he died destitute.
0: From what I can tell.
1: All right. <laughs> right. So upsetting this uh, red dwarf. Is that why um, Detroit looks like a third world country this day? <laughs> you know, now?
0: Eight Mile doesn't look like a third world country, does it?
1: I mean, have you seen pictures? i am kidding. I think it's... Uh, I think it's improved some, but... It's bad. Man, they were... I think they were trying to practically give houses away just to get to moving back into Detroit at one point a couple of years ago. All right, we'll get to that here in just a second.
0: All right, uh, July 30th, 1763, before the Battle of Bloody Run at Fort Detroit, the dwarf was seen dancing on the banks of the Detroit River. Spring of 1805, he was sighted. And by June of that year, the Great Fire hit Detroit and basically burned the entire city to the ground. General William Hull, who lost Detroit to the Brits in the War of 1812, admits to seeing the name Rue shortly before losing
1: the city. Okay. Well, or, you know, he just wanted the excuse for <laughs> right? why he lost a major city to yeah. his opponent.
0: So blame it on the, on the red man. Uh, Nain Rouge was seen right before the riots of 1967. Okay. By 2010, Detroiters, if we can call them that, had created their own Mardi Gras. They had so many sightings of the Nain Rouge that in 2010, this is just 11 years ago, so many sightings of this guy portending death and destruction, they, they created their own Mardi Gras to scare him away. Uh, they gather in the Midtown neighborhood and then they march to Cass Park where they burn a red dwarf in effigy and everybody's dressed up as a red dwarf as they do this okay very weird this is in America today in Detroit Um, and they burn this guy in effigy in a huge party probably canceled last year due to COVID, which is probably blamed on the name (laughs) Rouge all right all right so it's not that crazy to say that people see something. They say they see something right before destruction. All right, so now we get to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Okay. Okay.
1: And I'm curious, as, as someone who has family there, where in West Virginia is Point Pleasant? Because I... I Point Pleasant is right where you cross the Ohio River...
0: To go into Gallipolis Ohio on route 35 okay that's the northern tip of Point Pleasant okay yeah so you know where we're at Park yeah
1: okay All right. no know, know which part of the state you're referring
0: to. yeah I've never been to that part of the state so. right all right November 15 1966 <laughs> two young couples Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallette so four people in a car traveling down an old country road very late at night okay they are near the TNT area is what everybody calls it it's uh, everybody in Mason County which is where Point Pleasant is nestled everybody in Mason County calls this area the TNT area it's an old 3,655 acre former wartime industrial munitions dump okay yeah Not
1: the kind of place you only go wandering off the road
0: right yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's the largest Superfund site in the states Um, And now, it's been kind of, sort of, a wildlife refuge
1: for deer with three heads, I guess. (laughs) Or, you know, for animals to step wrong and lose their leg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're driving around the
0: edge, the circumference, I guess, of the outer border of this TNT area. And suddenly, at the edge of their headlights, okay, here we go with the rising egg, all right? At the edge of their headlights, they see this... 10 foot tall man with wings and red eyes Okay. at the very edge of their headlights. And he spreads his wings and takes off straight into the air. They crack that chica in reverse, spin gravel like crazy, and get the crap out of Dodge, obviously. Let's get back to Point... They're six miles north of Point Pleasant. Kind of north east I think of Point Pleasant and they're trying like crazy to get back home sure uh, and this they get up to 120 miles an hour evidently what year is this? 66 okay yeah I can All see right. that yeah. uh, and I mean in on the car yeah they're moving and the whole time this thing is right with them they, they can see the shadow from the moon they can see the shadow of this thing in the back glass while they're flying back home Okay, so this thing is chasing them. Yes. Okay. And it's got like a 12-foot wingspan. And they they go straight to the local sheriff where he says they saw a crane. (laughs) And, of course, they're like, no, we didn't.
1: Gigantic, strange-looking crane. Got it. Yeah,
0: right. The next day, the local paper says that two young couples saw some dot-dot-dot thing dot-dot-dot And it finally dubs it The Mothman. Now, interestingly enough, in the Batman comics, Mothman makes his debut around this time in late 1966. Huh, okay. Now, I gotta say, if I'm old enough, I think these are two young married couples because they all have the same last name. So they're either brother and sister, which I don't think that backwards in West Virginia in <laughs> 1966. I think there are two young married couples out on a double date but I don't think that you'd have four people that easily what's the word persuaded by a comic book. Yeah. yeah. That easily influenced Okay. to where the debut of an evil villain in a comic convinces them all to see this thing out. I mean that's just to me that's not a uh, That's not an argument for how this came about. Okay. So the next day, local paper dubs The Mothman is Loose in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, a few days earlier, three days before that, five gravediggers were leaning on their shovels outside of town of Point Pleasant, and they saw, quote, some weird thing up in a tree resembling a man with wings. And when they noticed it, he took off and flew out. Now what kind of day was this? I don't know. Okay. Now, I don't know if they came out with this after the young couples saw what they saw or before. It may have been before, and that's why the paper finally runs this story. Yeah. Okay. All right. Later in November, contractor Newell Partridge says he sees this thing on his property and he blames the disappearance of his German Shepherd as well as a very loud buzzing coming from his television set (laughs) and I think some of that is in the movie The Mothman Prophecies of Richard Gere but he blames his missing dog and his uh, acting up television on this thing hanging around his property all right so once again what were these encounters like a large tall Man with wings and red eyes. Very strange. Yeah. You ever seen anything like that?
1: I have not. What would you do if you did? <laughs> I have no idea.
0: <laughs> You're out on the middle of a country road at 1137 at night and on the weekend, and all of a sudden this thing's attacking your car.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm also thinking about the fact that there is a large Superfund site, yeah like less than a mile from where we sit right now as we record oh yeah that's right yeah so yeah just literally right up the road here so maybe we'll see a mothman on the way home well that would mean something bad's gonna happen hmm okay yeah Uh,
0: so this I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to make of it I'm a little questionable about this course after all I've already said if this is what I'm questionable about
1: I, I was gonna say I've been questionable about <laughs> a everything lot we've talked about so
0: <laughs> well there's this writer named John Keel and the people that are into the mothman their ears just really perked up because this is the guy that wrote the book the mothman mothman prophecies and John Keel was kind of going around the southern states writing I, I think he's like a freelance newspaper writer not sure how that worked in the 60s but I've watched a lot of YouTube this week and read a lot of articles um,
1: <laughs> sure i mean i I guess in a day and time before you know newspapers kind of died, you might could do that if you you know just kind of wandered around wandered into town wrote wrote an article, and if it was good enough, you might get paid you know
0: yeah, and I think he's who Richard Gere is in the movie, I think um, and if if you want to watch the movie uh you need to turn this off because this is going to spoil the movie completely. All right. So John Keel makes his way to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, because he hears about all the goings-on over there, and he wants to see what's happening. I, After all the stuff I've watched and all the stuff I've read, I kind of feel like he ended up peeing whiskey on the fire rather than really figuring out what was going on. Sure. Yeah, okay. All right. <clears throat> now, we're still in November '66. So November 12th, the five gravediggers see something in the tree. They're probably drinking. November 15th, the, four, the two young couples, the four people, end up going 120 miles an hour away from the Superfund site, being attacked by a giant mothman. Okay. <laughs> and they evidently were not drinking. Um, November 16th, so the day after the Scarberries and the Millettes flee this thing, Marcella Bennett drives home with her brother and her daughter and as I think this is in the movie as they approach the house they get out of the car they shut the door she gets her daughter out of the back seat. her brother gets out of his seat they shut the doors they're walking into the house something moves off the edge of the driveway in the woods it comes out and stands there and they are frozen in fear Marcella holding her infant daughter falls to the ground on top of her daughter um, in fear they're like paralyzed wow. when she finally is able to get her legs to work I literally think it's I shouldn't have said it literally there I think it's like an hour maybe before she gets up off the ground she's bruised, she's cut up, this thing is gone and luckily her daughter is okay the way she landed they get into the house slam the door and the thing comes back runs onto their porch bangs on the door looks in the windows they call the cops. Okay. The thing goes away. It comes back again like three or four times. Finally, the cops show up. There's nothing there, and nothing ever happens once the cops leave. But I watched an interview with Marcella Bennett. I actually watched an interview with Linda Scarberry, too. Um, and these are down home ladies that make the best chicken and dumplings and cornbread kind of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are good country folk, man. They know how to shuck corn. They know how to punch a time clock. I mean, they're hardworking people. And, I mean, they are convinced that this happened to them. And they are in tears. And Marcella Bennett, you could tell, in the interview, she goes through a physiological change. I mean, she's, she's almost has PTSD over this thing. And this is years later that she's talking about this. And she is shook. Um, and she talked about how she was in shock when she came to she suddenly realized she's laying on top of her daughter in the driveway her brother's trying to get her to get off the ground and she said to this day uh, she has to pull over on the side of the road even now because she's afraid that things in the back seat and she's having a panic attack so this thing comes with real terror
1: yeah
0: I mean total terror this is not like a bat hitting your window when you're going to get a cops out yeah <laughs> You know what I'm saying? All right. Along with these sightings, this this gets better, and this is in the movie as well. Along with the sightings, people had terrible headaches, strange, weird, unexplainable visions, swollen and pink red eyes for days on end. Their eyes would be the flesh on the under the one of the eyes or both the eyes. Would swell up and be really red, and lots of water would be oozing from their eyes. I know you're thinking super fun sight right now, um, and they would have strange burns appear on their skin after seeing this thing.
1: Okay, and you're absolutely right. I am thinking, okay, what is, what is sort of coming off of this site that's blowing into town or whatever? Yeah. Um, that's causing these actions and maybe causing people to hallucinate.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Another person, Connie Carpenter, she said she saw, quote, it. Now, it's not the clown with red balloons, but, you know, it. That's Pennywise, yeah, not penny wise, Yeah, not Pennywise, yeah. Uh, while driving home from school, and this is, you know, around Thanksgiving of 1966. And the, the description of this sighting is just so simple, but the people are so filled with terror. She says it was standing on the side of the road as she drove by on her way home from school on a sunny afternoon during the week, it looked at her and took off into the air as if to chase her car. She went home and hid in her bedroom for days. Um, To this day, she only lets her husband, Keith Aker, now she's Connie Aker, but her husband, Keith, I watched an interview with him, um, she won't talk about it, she kind of talks through him, and he gives the account of what she went through, um, and she's afraid to tell her own story about it. All right, now it gets even better okay soon the mothman sightings morph into UFO sightings (laughs) okay knew it was coming right I mean he's we don't know what he is so he's unidentified (laughs) all right so now people are seeing multicolored lights going in a circle kind of like a ferris wheel right outside their homes like 10 feet from the gutter yeah Uh, I watched Dottie Campbell Doris DeWeese, Ralph Newman, Bob Elliott, and John Keel himself all give interviews about this. Um, Dottie Campbell takes it to the next level, though. This is like watching an 80-year-old woman say this. It was very shocking to me, because this lady's not culturally, she's not gonna be culturally savvy. Sure. If I say, hey, Christopher Walken, more cowbell, (laughs) you know, she's not gonna get it, you know? She said that men from the government came, men in black, she actually said men dressed in black in the interview, came to her home and told her she had to be, it was imperative that she get quiet about these lights in the sky. This is so weird, man. These aren't teenagers trying to start a YouTube channel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then she showed, and I got a picture of it, we put it on Social media, once we go live with this thing, there's a note on her car. I got a picture of it, and it says basically, Lady, you're gonna have to be quiet about this. And they put it under her windshield wiper, and she still has that note to this day. So weird. Um, All right, now back to Connie Carpenter, the lady who speaks through her husband. Yeah, I, I, I.
1: It really makes me wonder what the government is doing at this In site, Point that, Pleasant, you know, West yeah, At this site that no one's allowed to walk on, or nobody's going to want to walk on because you know they might die. All right, or at, least they <laughs> think, or at least they think that, or whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, listen to this one. Keith Baker says that his wife Connie, after they got married, so now time has passed on. Um, a man asked her for directions near her home she approached the man alright alright let me just stop right there I've kind of told the people in my family in this day and age somebody asks for directions you tell them to buy a Mac or get on the internet and you keep walking you know what I'm saying
1: sure but yeah. this is a different time but it this is this is a different area I mean yeah. still to this day if I go where I'm and talking about where it? my family is in West Virginia yeah if you walk into somebody's if you walk into somebody's yard you're clear, and you're clearly lost they're gonna try to help you yeah Well, this man asks Connie for
0: directions, and she approaches. He grabs her and forces her almost in the car, but she gets away, rips a huge chunk out of her blouse, which remains in his hand, and she runs in the home, shuts the door, locks it. He takes off in his car. What's he dressed in? Black? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, And, of course, in the interview, Keith Aker says, I've seen it. I've seen address, it happened
1: to her folks. You know what I'm saying? So So they're thinking this is the government trying to abduct her for talking about this? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: And once again, these these good country folk believe this to the bottom of their heart. Alright. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't put anything past the government, so I don't know. I I don't know. Because of what we're getting ready to talk about. Okay. Alright, we've seen the name Rouge. We've watched the egg rise into the air. Now the sludge comes flying down the hill to tie all the stories together. You know, now here it comes, all right? December 15th, 1967, 13 months later, I don't think much of the number 13, but they immediately, in all the interviews, they go right to the 13 months. Sure. Yeah. Um, So December 15th, 1967, 13 months after the original sighting by the five grave diggers of the Mothman. The silver bridge which connects Ohio to West Virginia across the Ohio River on Route 35 Um, rush hour traffic right during Christmas time the bridge is completely full of cars uh, Christmas shoppers going to and fro that evening Uh, the silver bridge collapses into the Ohio River okay It spans 2,235 feet across. It is an infant in only being 39 years old. It's a very young bridge. Sure. Very young bridge. Um, so it only lasts a brief 39 years. Designed by J.E. Green, G R E I N E, not too sure how to pronounce that. And it was opened on May 30th, 1928. Okay. Uh, and then by the, doesn't he make it to Christmas of '67? Um, so tragedy strikes Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and you know you I guess you could say, but isn't it interesting that Gallipolis, Ohio, does not seem to? Uh, it's the same people, pretty much. These people go to and fro the river. Yeah. You know, um, but Gallipolis, Ohio, does not seem to claim the tragedy the way that Point Pleasant does, because Point Pleasant saw the mothman all these times and the ufo sightings all these times and they say that all of those sightings were i keep saying portend, but i don't even know if that's a word but there were premonitions of this disaster yeah because once the silver bridge falls into the water and 46 people go to their grave a watery cold grave everything stops No more men in black. No more lights in the sky. No more 10-foot tall man with wings and red eyes chasing your car at 120 miles an hour. Very, very strange. Now, if you get into the Mothman some more, uh, they say that before major disasters around the world, people of all cultures, even to this day, have seen and are seeing the Mothman before tragedy strikes in the movie I think there's a line where the guy even tells Richard Gere it's a natural event like your hair standing up right before a lightning strike
1: okay I don't quite get that but um, so I'm wondering where does this fall in relation to uh, like that the Area 51 sort of UFO panic, if you, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a much bigger world. I think that that was the mid to late fifties, maybe. Yeah. I think it's earlier than this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of reasons. I mean, you know, one, what might the government be flying or doing or, you know, what have you in both cases? Um, but too also, just the possibility of, you know, if these people are reading about UFOs in the newspaper, um, you know, is this having any, any impact? On their psyche? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's coupled with whatever's coming off of this site that's causing these physiological changes. But if something was coming, see, it's so strange
0: because you're not hearing, nothing's coming out of Gallipolis, Ohio, which is right there, Nothing. Nothing's coming out of the whatever's in the the county area outside of Point Pleasant. I mean, a few things. You know, six miles outside, you got the TNT site. But also, if something was... It's almost like if there was a leak in the TNT site, it quietly got fixed. Well, yeah. Because all this stops. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. And some of the experiences that I didn't get into were... um, Like the man that has uh, every night at a certain time, this stranger knocks on his door. That's in the movie as well. And the stranger every time acts, is totally bum and It's like, I'm just asking for directions. I just need to use a telephone. Can you tell me where this place is? And he finally gets out a shotgun one night. It's like, I'm going to blow your head off if you keep coming to my house, dude. And every time the stranger is like what I've never been here before in my life what are you talking about just these weird experiences yeah. that almost transcend the time space fabric
1: yeah interesting
0: it is so that's the mothman all right whether it's a natural event a supernatural event I have absolutely no idea I, I don't know I do know that this year um well in last year also was the first year ever where I was at dinner at a person's house and there's a couple of us there and uh somebody said, Looks like the UFO thing might be real finally and we were like, Oh yeah, I saw that and you know, one of us
1: just said, I believe anything nowadays, you know, <laughs> after all we've been through. Um Yeah, I mean I've seen I've seen people who have previously worked for organizations like the cia and other government organizations who have pretty much said like whatever you hear in conspiracy theories what the government's actually doing is much worse (laughs) so you know who knows at this point but so this one
0: has uh it's got myth it's got lore folklore it's got your grandmother seeing stuff like she's on acid but she's not
1: some bad moonshine bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was not apple moonshine yeah I mean, it's got it all. It's got fear, uh, premonition, death, tragedy. Uh, wow. So, I don't know what to make of a Mothman. I think it's fascinating. Uh, I've just ordered a t-shirt on Amazon with the Mothman on. It'll be here shortly. Uh, it's certainly,
1: certainly interesting.
0: Yeah, I love this kind of stuff. So, I don't know what to make of it. But, yeah, it is very interesting. And what I like the most of it Rather than the supernatural aspect, everybody, you know, you have so many people looking up at the UFO. I'm the guy standing there looking at the guy watching the UFO thinking, what's going on in between his ears? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, human behavior, man. We are weird.
1: That is, that is very true.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. Go watch The Mothman. With, I'm not a big fan of Richard Gere, but
1: it's a good one that's a good name alright folks well if you have seen the Mothman or um, any other unusual sightings like that breakfast rising from the pan absolutely I want to hear about that you can reach out to us on social media at WMUH podcast on Facebook Instagram and Twitter you can email us WMUH podcast at gmail.com we always love to hear from our listeners if you uh Have topic suggestions, we will certainly take those into consideration as well. But uh, we thank you folks for joining us, and we will uh, see you next week. Next week, episode, it'll be episode 18. 18. You'll be able to vote. Oh, God. And um, I already know the episode, so tune in next week for barbecue. Oh, gosh. This is is really a loaded subject. Shout out to vinegar. So we'll get into that next week. See you then. See you.